this subject that we're dealing with today, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, uh, and, and it's called the leadership of the Holy Spirit part three, truth guide. And so I started thinking about uh, this illustration here, and I've had the opportunity to be able to live in different places. And even when I was a younger person with my parents, uh, our dad, my dad, of course, I have a sibling as well. Our dad, at that time, what it seemed like he drug us to different experiences and to different places and different sites and things of that nature. But funny enough, now in my adult years, having a wife and children as well, I found myself dragging, quote unquote, dragging my children to different things so that way they can get exposed to some stuff. So now it was just last year, uh, I'm outside of Philadelphia, no matter where you are, you can experience the same thing. But Philadelphia has, you know, uh, you know a few historical sites, uh, quite a few historical sites. And so it was last year, I had one of my spiritual sons uh, and his wife and his children come up, as well as my family. We had time to be able to go uh, and visit. Uh, and of course, we live in the area, but to actually go see some of the tourist sites, the tourist sites. And so uh, one of the sites that we saw uh, was Independence Hall. And I realized as, as, as often as I've lived, as often as I've been around Philly, even before I lived in this area, I still have family that live in Philly. And as many times as I have visited before, I've never seen the tourist sites that people come from all over the world to see. So we went to the Independence Hall, my first time going there. Cool thing. I mention all that to say this, no matter if you go to a historical site or even a natural site, or museum or whatever the case may be, many of these places have something or they offer what is called tours. And so uh, oftentimes these tours, if you can schedule it, depending on how it's set up, uh, will have a tour guide. And so that's somebody who's on staff. And some of the qualities of the tour guide is that they have information about uh, some of the history of what it is that you're looking at or desiring to learn. They have uh, his, uh, detailed historical information. And some, uh, depending on what it is that you might be experiencing, uh, they have experiences along with that information as well. So that's some of the things that qualifies them to be a tour guide. So they have intimate details and knowledge. And so you look at that in historical context, or, or, or a visitation, uh, uh, visitation, or you're looking at something uh, for as a tourist, that's, that's the better phrase, as a tourist, uh, you see how that can be relevant. And so uh, it, gives you, it gives you much better experience uh, from what I've seen from having a tour guide as opposed to giving myself a self-guided tour. I've had that experience as well, where I've given a self-guided tour, and it's like, oh, okay, I would read maybe a little bit of graphic information that they had, but not really in detail, and just kind of keep it moving, observe and keep it moving. A tour guide gives you a whole bunch more of information and an even better experience. That's in the natural. How much more so Holy Spirit? Because Jesus says this in John chapter 16, and I believe it's verse 12, he says that the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, it says this, has come and he will guide you into all truth. So again, the spirit of truth, also known as the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. So he's better than a tour guide. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, this other aspect of the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that he will guide us into all truth. And I'm telling you, it is needed for such a time as this. For us to be able to be guided into truth because there's so many things that can cause, there's so many lies and there's so many distractions uh, that can get us off that path. And so Holy Spirit is saying, hey, today, 
clapping his hands. Hey, I want to guide you into truth. I want you uh, to, to, to live in the truth. And so uh, there are some keys uh, as it pertains to his ministry and his leadership in truth. Now, uh, if you look up the word uh, truth, if you Google it, and, and truth shows up well over 200 times in the Bible because it's something that is that important. But today, uh, there's actually three key things that I believe unlock the doors uh, to other aspects of truth, but three key things that Holy Spirit uh, guides us in as it pertains to truth. And so that's what I want us to be able to take a look at today. So you ready? I know you got your Bibles. Some of you got your notes. But I'll even say this, don't even try to write down everything that's even coming out of my mouth. If there's something specific that Holy Spirit is opening to you, jot that down because you can always go back and listen to this. But just lay your hand upon your heart right now. Say, Holy Spirit, my heart is open to see and to be guided in your truth. Glory to God. So now. The three things as it pertains to the truths of the Holy Spirit's guidance. For the first thing, I do want you to write this down. Uh, Holy Spirit, he guides us in the truth about God's identity. I'm going to say that again. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit guides us. First thing that he does is guides us in the truth about God's identity. And so the truth about God's identity is actually first and foremost. It is fundamental. So much so that Jesus was actually... Um, Challenge per se or asked about this and so we're going to take a look about look at this in Mark chapter 12 Mark chapter 12 and I'm reading from the New King James Version Mark chapter 12 verse 28 through 30 So you could turn there you could scroll there punch there however you need to get there But again the Holy Spirit guides us in the truth about God's identity So Mark chapter 12 verse 38 through 30 that's going to be our first text and we'll kind of walk along through this But then it says this then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he answered them well, meaning he, Jesus, had answered his disciples well, uh, or the scribes well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? So the scribe came and asked him, and the scribes are, of course, people that, that wrote scriptures and re-recorded it and things of that nature, so they do have an understanding of scripture. And so he asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? First meaning most important as well. And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. So Jesus uh, answered and said, hey, you want to know what the first commandment is? Is this. And so he talks about the identity. And again, he said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So somebody just say, say that right now. Say, I hear the Lord our God is one. Come on, glory to God. And so it's the unity of of the Lord which is divine some people might call it a divine mystery but it is a truth that God revealed about himself to make sure that everybody has understanding first and foremost foundational fundamental that I am one what a very powerful statement what a very powerful statement for God to be able to clarify that about himself because he also shows up as God the Son God the Holy Spirit 
God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Blessed Trinity. It's a divine mystery, uh, but it is a clear instruction that God has to establish this fact and this truth to let everyone know that I am one. I'm not three separate, but I am one. We are one. And so this also lets us know uh, that truth is undivided. Truth is undivided when we're talking about this identity of God, him being truth, the spirit of truth, that truth is undivided. And so I believe that that is important because the all truth, which Holy Spirit guides us in, is not in conflict with the nature of God. So Jesus said the Holy Spirit or the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So every truth uh, that consists of the all truth not one component, not one element of that all truth, if you will, quote unquote, all truth, if you will, uh, not one component of it is in contradiction to the nature of God. It is the, all the truth is one. And I say that because this leads on to another important point about the nature of God uh, being one in, in a moment. And so when we talk about this, we understand because I remember some people used to challenge, well, how can you, especially people of the Muslim faith, well, you know what? No, you're talking about three different gods. It's like, no, it's not three different gods. But when, the gods, when God says that about himself, it's not something that we're just going to grasp with just head knowledge, with just our typical head knowledge. It is an understanding that Holy Spirit guides us into to understand the truth that the Lord, our God, is one. That can only come, receiving that understanding can only come by way of the Holy Spirit. I don't have a question about it. I don't have a doubt about it. The succinctness, uh, the unity of Father, Son, and Spirit, uh, the triune being, the triune God and his unity and his oneness is very spiritual, but that is very key. And the reason why it's foundational and fundamental, uh, because he guides us in the truth that in the spirit, there is unity. Ah! That's very key because what Holy Spirit does out of that nature of unity, he's able to work and bring about unity so that way man can become one with God. And then he can also work so that way there's unity amongst us as, hum as human beings, as brothers and sisters uh, in, in, in the body of Christ. And so having that foundation first, God is one. Because God is one, he can make sure that we as people become one with him and then he can make sure that man and that humanity can become one. Amen. So again, Holy Spirit guides us in the truth about God's identity. And of course, there's so many different elements about truth that I could be ministering on right now, but I, I want to stay honed in on these things right here. So that's number one. But we got to know. So say it again. The Lord, our God is one. I'll say it one more time. The Lord, our God is one. And unity, that's, that's something that's very, very special and important to me. But I'm going to continue on. Number two, what Holy Spirit does, how he guides us. And we thank God. Holy Spirit is not a tour guide. He's a truth guide. And not just a, but he is the truth guide. So he guides us in the truth about God's identity. But then number two, he also guides us in the truth about our new identity in him. Same chapter. Let's look at the next verse. Because Jesus talked about the first commandment, meaning, meaning the Lord our God is one, and then to love him with all your heart. But then the second commandment, he says this, verse 31, and the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
there is no other commandment greater than these. Okay, so now why is that important? So one of the things is, is it'll be very difficult for you to be able to properly love and be one with your neighbor and be one with your neighbor if you don't love yourself. <laughs> if you're divided about who got, if, if you're divided about your identity or in conflict in your identity, then if you can't love yourself in wholeness the way that God loves you, then it's going to be hard for you to love your neighbor as you love yourself and how we should love our God. So the Holy Spirit works to make sure he says, hey, the Lord our God is one. But as you follow me in this truth, I'll make sure that you understand in your new identity that you are one. You are not just one as in whole, but you are now one with God. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. That is so good. So in that identity, you got to understand being one with God, being whole with yourself. Uh, you got to know this, that you are beloved. So somebody to say right now, I am beloved. Or even a Bible, you can say it like this, I am the beloved. <laughs> that is so good. This is the truth about who you are. So you know that you are the beloved by God, then guess what? You, you, you got to love yourself. You got to love yourself. I remember um, my youngest daughter, when she was uh, much smaller sometimes, you know, if I was helping her brush her teeth or brushing her teeth, I would stand her up on a little bathroom sink, and then we'd just be looking at the mirror, and then I'd just tell her to say this, say, I love you, me, while she's looking in the mirror. <laughs> and so she would say that, and it was just a cool uh, daddy-daughter moment. But that's teaching, uh, teaching and developing in her to be able to love herself, and that way she can love her neighbor as she loves herself. Ah, glory to God. Somebody say, I'll receive it. So the truth about who you are, you are not a mislabeled individual because sometimes people might say something about you, uh, whether it was in childhood, teenagehood or adulthood. <laughs> people can say stuff about you that are so false from the identity that God has given you and it can cause you to abuse yourself. Um, or, or to mis, mislabel or misappropriate yourself and then you, you get all wonky and all jacked up and you take on that identity instead of the identity that God has given you as the beloved. And so Holy Spirit is saying, hey, you know what? I need you to guide. I'm, I'm going to guide you into the truth about yourself. That's what he's saying. I'm going to guide you into the truth about yourself. First of all, when you love God and then he's going to give you the love and not just our own love for ourselves, but his love for us. Oh, that is good. And so in the midst of doing that, uh, don't take a detour. Don't take a detour uh, on this. Don't get off track because, uh, you know, it could be real easy, even in a tour setting, for you to just kind of go off, oh, I want to see that, oh, I want to do that. And then you don't receive the full information of what that museum or what that facility or place or that uh, moment has to offer. So even in this moment right now, just I, I just kind of sense that God is just saying, hey, I want to let you know that I love you and I want you to love you. Don't be frustrated or be in comparison because oftentimes, and especially in our Western culture, specifically in the United States of America, it's real easy to look at what other people are doing and get frustrated with what we're not doing. But the Holy Spirit is like... Um, 
almost almost trying to like you know grabbing our attention so to speak here and it's like hey i don't want you to get so locked up on the doing first i want you to be connected to the being to the being the bible says this in him we live move and have our doing no it says in him we live move and have our being and so uh, it's part of that be that 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 be moment that holy spirit wants to bring us to so uh what I want you to do right now is just type in the chat. Just type in the chat and just say, God, I thank you. Just about the identity that he has blessed you with. God, I am the redeemed or I am healed or I am the beloved. Just go ahead and take a moment and just type in the chat what you know God has said about you according to his word. Glory to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give some people a little bit more moment to be able to do that. <laughs> but that is so good. The third thing. So let, let, let me say this again because I'm teaching preaching here. <laughs> One, Holy Spirit, he guides us in the truth about God's identity. That is first, foremost, fundamental, foundational for every other truth that follows. It's who he is first. Second, he guides us in the truth about our new identity in him. I'm even thinking about this right now. You remember Holy Spirit? Uh, Holy Spirit. Well, yeah. Remember when Holy Spirit revealed to Peter about who Christ is? And then Jesus responded, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. Um, but and so I'm paraphrasing, but this had come by the spirit of God that, that revealed this truth to you. And then what did Jesus do afterwards? After Peter acknowledged who Christ's identity, then Christ acknowledged Peter's identity. So now that way Peter can eventually go on to and, and loving other people uh, that weren't even Jewish. And we see that much, you know, uh, sometime later on after that. But then the third thing. Holy Spirit does. He guides us in the truth about doctrines and teachings and their source. I'm going to say that again. Holy Spirit guides us in the truth. This is the third thing, third key. Holy Spirit guides us in the truth and doctrines and teachings and their source. So if there's a teaching or if there's a doctrine, uh, Holy Spirit guides us in that as also he also guides us into what the source is as well. The source of what this teaching or truth is coming from. And that is so needed because we can hear a bunch of quote unquote good things. But if the source ain't right, Holy Spirit's like, oh, I need you to close that. I need you to close that, uh, 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 close that valve off. So here we go. Mark. Chapter 12, still same chapter. Let's look at these last two verses here. So the scribe said to him, after Jesus responded, uh, saying, what is the first commandment and the second commandment? The scribe said to him, well said, teacher. So he acknowledged Jesus as teacher. You have spoken what? Mm, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifice. Oh, so this scribe was on to something here. Now, when Jesus saw that he, the scribe, had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. <laughs> Meaning that this is God's way of doing things, how Holy Spirit moves and operates because of this truth here. But after that, no one dared question Jesus. They were like, oh, because Jesus actually said this. Anybody could have quoted the scripture. It was already written. But Jesus said it with authority because of his knowing 
and being the truth. <laughs> so we see here the teacher teaches the truth as acknowledged by the scribe. But there are other teachers that don't do this. So the, so the scribe acknowledged and said, hey, you know what? Your doctrine, your teaching, man, that is on point. And you've spoken well, teacher. But then we've been warned uh, that there's other teachers that don't do this. And so what Holy Spirit does, he's the one that guides us into all truth. And I believe that all truth is also a holistic thing, not just a partial, because many people can teach a partial truth, but sometimes that partial thing that they teach or that doctrine uh, uh, is, is not connected to the right source. And so if it's not connected to the right source, then it's actually something that Holy Spirit is not going to guide us and say, hey, this is something that you need to give attention to or follow. And so we have to be very discerning, even at such a time as this, uh, with a whole bunch of information. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but with all the information that is being communicated and being released right now, man, we got to make sure that we are discerning truth from falsehood. And so the Bible tells us this. Do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. Jesus says, I got to reiterate, Jesus says, it's always good to say Jesus says. <laughs> Jesus said, the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. Meaning that there's a distinction. So if you have the, the, the spirit of truth, then guess what? You have another kind of spirit that isn't truth. And both of them are trying to do guiding. The spirit of truth guides you into all truth. The other spirit, the false spirit, will misguide you into falsehood. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. So don't believe every spirit. And it says this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. If you got it, say, I got it. And what do you got? Say, I got the truth. <laughs> 1 John says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. But test the spirit. Test the spirits. Whether they are of God. Huh? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That was then and even today. Woo! That's why I believe we got that instruction. Thank you, Holy Ghost, even past Wednesday to be able to pray for prophets, his prophets, and to pray for the seers. I'm going to read it again. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Meaning that Jesus walked this earth as, as, as God enfleshed <laughs> is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Some people are looking for this one figure, but the spirit of the Antichrist is already and has been in the world and is still in the world. Things that are anti-Christ, anti-his nature, anti-his person, anti-his character, anti-his power and his glory. It's been rampant. People that can't stand Christ or are against Christ and the truth that he stands for. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. But it says this, I'm going to continue on. You are of God, little children, and, and have overcome them. In other words, don't even worry. You have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. So you could be frustrated. Well, the people aren't hearing the truth. Guess what? The world is going to hear falsehood because that's who they are of. But you, children, 
you son and daughter of God who has that new identity in him. You're not like them. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. <laughs> he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so you have a whole bunch of people that don't want to hear what God has said. And uh, <laughs> Like I said, there's so many different ways, so many different aspects, but I want to stay honed in on here. But by this we know the spirit of truth. So you have to know. This is one of the indicators and, and how we know that the spirit of truth is guiding us is one that acknowledges that Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh and then they hear the word of the Lord. They hear the truth. They hear the scriptures uh, without manipulating what the scripture has said. Mm. That's how you know you are of God, because there are even people, quote unquote, preachers, quote unquote, Christians that are twisting scripture and saying, thus saith the Lord. But you got to test the spirit. You got to test the spirit. So here we go. Facts spoken out of the wrong spirit. Facts or quote unquote, or what looks like truths. I'm putting quote marks there. Things, statements, uh, sentences. Uh, ideologies that look like truths, but if they're spoken out of the wrong spirit, then guess what they are? They are idle words and they are empty. So even ourselves, we want we to make sure that we're just not just talking a bunch of idle words and talking out of the flesh, but we want to speak what God is saying. Even if we have to confront something, we want to say what the Spirit of God is saying. We want to say what Scripture is saying. We want to say what Jesus is saying. And then with the Spirit of God. Glory to God. Y'all remember, uh, we talked about this just for a little bit. Uh, but it was this, uh, this, this, this young girl in Acts chapter 16. Don't turn there. But in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, it was this little girl that had a spirit of divination. And she was following Paul and Luke and Silas around saying, look, these, these men are servants of the Most High God. And they have come here to declare the salvation, to declare salvation. And she went around following them because uh, she was, in essence, like a fortune teller. And so her, she was a slave girl, but her masters were getting money based upon the things that she was saying. But she was following the apostles around saying that these men are servants of God and here to declare salvation. Now, when you hear that sentence, it was like, well, man, what's wrong with that? She followed them around, the Bible says, for many days doing this. And then Paul, Apostle Paul, got annoyed. He got annoyed, and then what he did, he rebuked that spirit that the girl had because it was not from the Spirit of the Lord. She re he rebuked that spirit, and then that spirit left her. Now, some people, again, might be saying, well, what's wrong with what she said? What she said was actually factual. They were men of the Most High God. They were there to declare salvation. True. But here's the thing. When I started looking at it, that spirit was giving credit to them and not pointing to Jesus. Ah, I was like, man, Lord, that spirit was talking about the men, was giving glory to the men, but she was not pointing to Jesus. And the spirit of truth, Holy Spirit glorifies who? Jesus said it. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth glorifies me. Ah, that is so good. That is so good. And so many people are teaching things that are glorifying themselves. They say, hey, walk in your, you even hear preachers saying, walk in your truth. 
oh yeah, they got this modern uh, self-help type terminology and try to mask it uh, with, this, with, the, with biblical principles and what Holy Spirit is saying and try to mask it that way. But it's not pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to self. It's pointing to flesh. And so, ah, uh, it's important today because through digital media, people are communicating all kinds of their versions of truth. And so they're encouraging even now. Now, you know what? Just find your truth. Just live your truth. That's what they say. And it sounds so good. And it just really tickles the ears. And if your ear is uh, itching for something that might seem like self-help and just very encouraging, it's like, man, you, you, could, you can go to YouTube or Google and type in whatever you want and make yourself just feel a whole lot better. But it doesn't mean that the source is coming from the spirit of truth. So you have to test it. Is this source connected to the truth of who Jesus is and the nature and character of God, or is it not? And so we see that there. Don't believe every spirit. Somebody, somebody just say that right. Say that right now. I will not believe every spirit, but I will test the spirit. <laughs> Here we go. Another thing. Demons have a doctrine. When we're talking about. Uh, when we're talking about uh, this aspect right here and how he guides us in the all truth about doctrines and teachings. Even demons have doctrines. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 4 says this. Uh, well, let me give you a moment to get there. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 4. Here we go. Now, and this is Paul writing to Timothy. And Timothy was a, a, a pastor, but Paul was encouraging him, letting him know this. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. <laughs> wow. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. I'm just going to stop at verse 3 there. So you see here, you got the Spirit of God talking in the scripture. You have the deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. But then we also see here. Uh, that it finishes with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So, again, going to that aspect of the, the, the doctrines of demons and, and not to go into a whole bunch of detail about this, but men have their traditions. And, and some of these things are demonically inspired that keep men bound. So, so they have traditions uh, to where you got to follow, quote unquote, a whole bunch of rules in order to... To live what appears to other men as righteousness. But God is like, hey, you know what? Men can look at the outward appearance, but I see far beyond that. But what these teachings uh, that and these doctrines of demons, what it is, the Bible specifically says this, that it forbids people to marry. So in other words, uh, one teaching as an example, well, if you want to be righteous, if you want to be holy, then you are forbidden. God forbids you to marry. And that's not a biblical truth. Some people might have a gift um, to be able to uh, live a life of, of uh, I don't like saying singleness, but being unmarried. Uh, and so, you know, that can come as, you know, as a gift. Uh, you know, Paul says, hey, you know, this is something, you know, that I have. 
but it's not a, a law of the Lord for everybody to live in that manner. And so uh, he says here that it's a doctrine of a demon commanding to abstain, commanding to abstain. Now, some things that we have encouraged, uh, you know, when we talk about cultivating your health, you know, just for a, a health thing, but not for saying that this is something that makes you more spiritual or more righteous. No, 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 no. And we're not even saying this uh, to go plant-based legalistically. No. You know, of course, I understand this moderation. So, again, I don't want anybody to feel imprisoned, you know, in that regards. Because uh, that's that's not the spirit of Christ. That's not the spirit of the Lord. That's not the spirit of truth. And the Bible actually says here that that, that comes from a demonic. Because now it starts to put a burden on people. And so... Uh, God, this relationship, Holy Spirit does not guide us into something that's just going to be religious and traditional and burdensome. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, that the commandments of the Lord are not what? Burdensome. The commandments of the Lord aren't burdensome. What men have a tendency to do because they like to feel good about themselves in a, in a, in a quote unquote religious type of way. And so they come up with a whole bunch of performance and marks to make it seem like they, they've achieved something in their own flesh. And then, uh, even though they might not achieve it personally, they might appear to look like they achieve it, and then they put that same burden on somebody else. It's like, hey, in other words, I appear to be doing this, but this is something that you should be doing. And if I don't catch you doing what I appear to be doing, then you are condemned, and you are forbidden, and you are unrighteous. That's what men do. That's what the religious Pharisees and Sadducees did. They acted like they were keeping the law, but the spirit of the law, they weren't. And so that's why Jesus had a whole bunch of conflicts uh, with the religious people, quote unquote, of his day. And so, again, this is a, a, a doctrine that men, men start to do and men start to teach and men uh, become so into legalism that they remove the law of love. But then on the other extreme, you have some people that are so caught up in love and hyper grace that they get into lawlessness. Like you could just do anything that doesn't matter to God. Um, you know, God still loves you and he forgives, which is true, but the spirit says this first, when we, when we talk about Holy spirit, what's that first description we have? Holy, <laughs> be holy, set apart. So you have these two extremes and God says, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the source of either one of those. So, so we, we have that center part. So, but I say all that to say this, the Lord's commandments are not burdensome. I remember, you know, even some some of the disciplines that God would lead us into as far as for maybe there might be a season of praying a certain time of day for a certain amount of time, for a certain length of time. And that's good because it builds discipline. But eventually, uh, you know, God says, hey, you know what? I still want you to be able to flow. Don't get locked in, per se, if God is leading you now to something else. So sometimes I might not have the most rigid time of prayer because now I'm praying throughout the whole day. I'm praying in the spirit. My spirit is, is open to hearing throughout the whole day. Because I remember before, I would have a devotional time, boom, and I would just get on throughout my day and not even be thinking about the Lord anymore until the next morning. So God said, hey, you know what? That was cool to build discipline, but no, I, I need you to understand that this is relationship. So again, the commandments of the Lord are not burdensome. It is a flow. Jesus even said this, I don't even call you servants anymore. Meaning that there was a season where that was the case, but now I'm bringing you into, into even closer relationship. I'm calling you my friends. I'm calling you my friends because friends know what the Father is doing. Ah, it's part of that knowing. 
as part of that knowing. He says, friends, I want to bring you into harmony. Friends, know what the Father is doing. And so Jesus, I believe that he's encouraging us now to behold truth. Truth must be held. <laughs> truth must be held. Uh, I, I, you know, it seems like I keep coming back to this point at some, at some time or another, but I'm going back to that New Year's Eve word uh, for 2020 and the 20 types and, you know, that illustration of the counterfeit 20. And I want to bring that illustration again uh, because, you know, for the training for people that have to discern uh, real bills from counterfeit. And I, and I heard it said this, uh, in order for them to be able to discern what is true versus what is false, what they do not do is go around studying every false bill. No, they're not going around studying every single counterfeit 20 for an example. But what they do as a training, they spend so much time studying, examining the real thing. Becoming intimately aware of the details of, of the feel, of the weight, of the color, of, 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 of whatever else to feel. Uh, I believe I said feel, but just uh, the nuances that are within the dollar bill. They become so intimately aware of that. So now, because they've had so much time and experience with the real thing, when the false thing comes, when the false uh, counterfeit $20 bill comes, uh, they recognize it off the bat. Why? They don't have to worry about how false it is or what kind of falsity it looks like. They know that it's false because they know the real thing. Ah, so now for us with this spirit of truth and truth, that same principle has already been established. We don't have to be studying. I'm not saying that you can't, uh, but most people don't have to study because uh, there's a whole bunch of different quote unquote religions and, and ideologies and things of that nature. So most people don't have to consume themselves and spend all this time. Oh man, I need to know what uh, Hinduism and, and, and Islam and, and Rastafaris and, and uh, Hebrew Israelites and Nation of Islam and and New Age spirituality, spirituality and, 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 and the list and the gamut and Buddhism and, and Krishna, you know, and, and so forth and so on. You don't have to spend, not your average believer does not have to spend all that time trying to figure out all this stuff so that way they don't get deceived. No. You just spend time with truth. You invest time with truth. And so now you behold truth. And there's three elements of beholding truth uh, that I want to share with you right now. First thing that you want to do, you want to examine truth. You want to examine truth. I'm a typically I'm a stickler. Uh, 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 you, you know, well, I'm not going to say stickler, but one thing that I, I have a leaning to do is, you know, I love, I, I like just giving background and historical context. That's not my particular assignment for how we're uh, teaching today. But, you know, sometimes I like to give historical background and context so that way you understand, hey, this Bible ain't just made up, but these are real people who live this. And it's an encouragement to me so that way I don't put the apostles in some spiritual super category that is not attainable. But it's like, no, Elijah was a man just like us. The prophets were men just like us. The apostles were men just like us. And so it is livable because now we have the same Spirit, glory to God, and Holy Spirit guides us in that. So what we want to do when we behold truth, we want to examine truth. We want to examine truth. We want to study truth. 
as 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 people would study the twenty dollar bill, we want to examine truth. There was uh, this one moment that Paul, you know, he traveled to different places, but he went to this area called Berea. And when he preached there, the Bible says this, uh, that these people in Berea were not like the people of Thessalonica, which was a, another city. Uh, but these people of Berea, when Paul preached the gospel to them, the Bible says that they received it uh, with eagerness and with excitement. But not only did they do that, but then they searched the scriptures to see if these things that Paul was teaching was so. So I, you know, if I haven't made that encouragement, I'll make that encouragement now. Even some of the scriptural references that I give, go back. You can't if, go back and listen to it. Jot it down. Make sure that it, that it lines up. You know, that's that's my heart. I don't want to teach anything in error. And Holy Spirit guides me into all truth. Uh, and I believe that he's helping me to make sure that I'm communicating uh, the all truth uh, that is in the word of God and not just manipulating. And so the Bereans, the Berean Christians... Uh, the church at Berea, they searched the scriptures to see if these things were so. They examined it. They studied it. Uh, the Bible says this, study to show yourself approved. A workman. Yeah, yeah, so it takes some work. You examine. You study to make sure that we can rightly discern and divide what God is saying and understand what God is saying. So uh, studying him, studying truth, viewing him, eyeing him, guess what? It's more than a job. It's our joy. So somebody just make this declaration right now. Say, Lord, I love to study you. I love to study your truth. I love to examine you. Whew. You know, I study my wife. I look at my wife. She studies herself. She looks at herself. I st I'm studying my children more and more, and I'm just seeing their distinctions and how they move and how they operate. Yeah. But we examine the word of God. We examine truth. We study it. That's how we behold it. Other thing in how we behold it. As a matter of fact, I got to emphasize it again. We do it with joy. Again, because you can, you can get caught up in the works and be like, oh my gosh, I got to read the Bible again. No, 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 no. Shake that off. Shed that off. I'm like, man, God, I'm so excited to hear from you out of your word today. Have that disposition. Have that spirit. Amen. So we examine the truth. That's part of how we behold the truth. We execute truth. So once you examine truth, you come to learn that truth is something to be executed. This scripture reference, I want us to see this. This is actually good. Psalm chapter 86, verse 11. I'll let you get there. Psalms 86, verse 11. And it says this. David is actually writing here. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. That's part of the execution. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear <laughs> your name. Whew. Teach me your way, O oh Lord. I will walk in your truth. So you want to execute truth. And so you have people uh, that say they want to be about truth. And so they examine it. They study it, but they don't want to execute it. I'll bring up, you know, I just recently came across a story, uh, a, a news occurrence, and a, uh, however you describe it, uh, but I read the headline and I was like, man, let, let me read more about this. So, uh, uh, so there is, this took place in, this has taken place in Canada very recently within the past week or so, uh, that there was a pastor in Canada uh, who, who came out uh, as transgender. 
So this was a Christian pastor uh, who came out as transgender. And so this was a God created man who has now come out and, you know, said that and, and they did this, I guess, through Zoom because, you know, everyone has social distancing. So they did this online and started saying that, hey, I want you to this is my my new pronouns as she and as her. And and of course, what happened was there was a vote in the church and it wound up being. Uh, you know, you know, 58 to 53 that they would they would no longer be their pastor, uh, uh, according to theology. And, and I, you know, I kind of, you know, said to my wife, I was like, man, babe, that vote was too close. But anyways, <laughs> you know, just reading some of the statements, uh, you know, this pastor was in so many words is talking about how, you know, what they just wanted to be who uh, in so many words who God created them to be. Now, this is not walking in truth. Not at all. This is not executing the truth that God says. As a matter of fact, you don't have to turn there, but just for reference, uh, the Romans chapter 1 verse 25 just says that, man, you know, men are going to be doing this. They're going to be exchanging the truth of God, meaning in how God, in the creative order, how God created things in humanity. They're going to exchange the truth of God for a lie. And, and the Bible also says, if you keep on reading, but it says, you know, and God's going to turn them over. Uh, to this. So, so, so the people that say they want to live their truth, God says, hey, if you want to have a, a hardened heart to go against uh, how I've designed and created you, then then, hey, you know what? Have that. But don't don't ascribe the spirit of truth to that. That's not something that Holy Spirit is connected to because it's in contradiction uh, to to the truths that he's already established in creation. In creative order. So I'm not doing a whole expose on that. But as far as for executing truth and beholding truth, um, that just lets you know how the enemy and the adversary will work to make sure that uh, the identity of God is not is, is misconstrued or people are misguided in the identity of God. And then people are misguided in their own identity. And then you have the, uh, the doctrines and teachings of demons and burdens that get placed on. So the enemy is at work in, in all of that. But. Uh, you know, I thought that was very interesting. And then, uh, you know, and uh, maybe I'll share a little bit more how I was feeling about it because, you know, I've, I have a mother, I have a sister, I have a beautiful wife and I have three daughters and uh, also a beautiful sister, uh, sister-in-law, what up? Uh, and other sister-in-laws as well. All my sister-in-laws, I have three sister-in-laws and a mother-in-law, a mother-in-law. So I have, you know, these these women uh, in my life for relationship. And of course, other women and things of that nature. And I was like, man, Lord, this is this is an affront on just womanhood and the, the wonderful intricacies and complexities of how God has made women distinct and unique. And so for a man to say, hey, I identify as a woman, I'm, I'm like, ah, that's that is not your identity. And uh, I started thinking about Sojourner Truth. Y'all remember Sojourner Truth, uh, you know, who's a former slave and wound up being an abolitionist as well as uh, for civil rights and women's rights. And she had this speech called Ain't I a Woman? And she talked about just talking about women and their strength that they have and not that they're uh, lesser than men, but, you know, different. But I say all that to say uh, this. Uh, what I guess the best way to say it, man, you know what, that. I, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. That is not the truth that God has designed. Women are beautiful. They're unique. They're distinct and powerful in their own right. Men, you're awesome. You're great. You're powerful in your own right. Neither has the identity of either. Male and female, he created them. 
in their own identity. So again, forgive me if that seemed like a tangent, but uh, when we behold truth, you come to that understanding, you come to that knowledge, and that doesn't even take the Spirit of God to let you know that. Uh, but if it gets misconstrued, then I pray, Holy Spirit, um, just by some type of way, brings that pastor, and I did pray for that pastor, uh, brings them back uh, to that truth and to who their identity is. And so uh, uh, by the fact that I brought up Sojourner Truth, uh, you know, even looking at that name, uh, and of course I appreciate the woman historically and what she did, um, but that term Sojourner, this is something that Holy Spirit actually does not do, because Sojourn just means a temporary stay. And we don't want to be a sojourner in truth. No, this is something that we want to live in, something that we want to abide in. Glory to God. Because when you're on a tour, a tour guide lets you know, hey, and this is the end of our tour. Thank you so much. You can grab a pamphlet, uh, visit the gift shop on the way out, and then you leave that. That You leave that. But Holy Spirit says, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm, there is no exit on this. This isn't a sojourn. This is your life. We're walking in truth, and this is something that I don't want you to just to visit, but I want you to abide in truth. So somebody to say right now, I am abiding in truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living it. I'm walking in it. I'm abiding in it. Repeat that. I'm living in truth. I'm walking in truth. I am abiding in truth. And, and this, this subject is so important. Truth is actually one of... Not one of, but the first core value, um, you know, of, of our ministry here. So part of beholding truth, let me finish up here. Part of beholding truth, you examine truth, you execute truth, you experience truth. And what the Holy Spirit does, he guides us into all truth. Part of that guiding is he guides us into truth about God's identity. He guides us into truth about our new identity in him. And he guides us into truth concerning doctrines and teachings and their source. And again, I mention it. We, when we behold truth, we examine truth, we execute truth, and I'll finish with this last thought. We experience truth. Back to the tour guide illustration. A great God gives you an experience of truth, not just information, but he gives you an experience. This isn't one of those do not touch uh, type of things. I remember going to other things, some, some experiences where it says do not touch. You can just observe. But no, there were other experiences that says, hey, you know, touch, feel, smell, experience. Taste. Now, I like that. Uh, I'm thinking when we went to the Hearst Chip Factory, that was one of those. We had a tour guide, but that was one of those uh, tours where we could experience and wind up uh, tasting and seeing. And then we got us some bags of chips afterwards. And I was like, man, that's a great tour. Shout out to Hearst <laughs> uh, Chips there. But this, again, this truth is an experience. It's not a do not touch. It's no behold, feel experience. Jesus says this last scripture. Um, Chapter 8, verse 31 through 32. I want you to turn there. You already know it, but turn there. This is part of the experience of truth. Then Jesus said, you're there, right? Then Jesus said to those who believed him, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Oh, what a distinction. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Ah, so many people say they know the truth, but if you're not abiding in his word, if you're not abiding in his word, then you're not his disciple and you don't know the truth. But if you do, then you are, then you shall. You shall know the truth and the truth, this is the experience, the truth shall make you free. 
So the more you examine and study truth, it leads you to the execution. And the more that you execute is the more that you experience the outcome and the result of what the spirit of truth has to offer. My God, <laughs> because truth is an experience. Oh, and part of that knowing, if you look it up in the Greek, one of the connotations of knowing truth, and again, it's not just an awareness or head knowledge, but it's intimacy. It even alludes to intercourse. So it's, it's that closeness. You shall experience the truth. You shall intimately know the truth. And intimately knowing the truth, that's how you will experience the freedom. And so to know his nature is to trust him and to follow him. My goodness, glory to God. You know, it's something because, and this is what many people do. Even many Christians, I remember even taking Christian courses and things of that nature. Even some theologians and, and things of that nature. Uh, many people can study. Many people got the examine part down. Oh, they got the examine part down. Some people even have the execution because you can execute, you can examine and execute some things just based upon principles. Some things you can just do. But the knowing the truth and experiencing, that's only through the Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of truth can get you to that intimacy and that knowing. Matter of fact, people can study and examine the Scriptures all day. Jesus even said that. He even told, told some people, he's like, look, man, you search the Scriptures all day thinking that you're going to have life in them thinking that you're going to find eternal life. But those scriptures that you're searching and examining, they testify about me. That's what Jesus said. And so many people can read scripture and, and, and look at it from dullness and not have any life and not even see who they need to see. But that comes by Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit, when we yield, when we say, Holy Spirit, guide me into all truth. Steer me away from deception because the enemy is crafty. Steer me away from deception and the devices of the enemy and the devices and tactics of people. Uh, when you have an experience, man, it sharpens your discernment. Even when people are lying, uh, man, the Holy Spirit, because you've, because you've examined it, because you've executed, because you have experience with truth. Now, when you hear a lie, even if the person might say that there's... Even a person might say something that sounds good, uh, there starts to go a signal that goes off. And that's Holy Spirit letting you know, nope, this is not truth. They're hiding something or it's not all truth. And what Holy Spirit does, he guides us into all truth. And so that we have a huge advantage in Holy Spirit. Being God who guides us into all truth. And so even, even in that connection, even in that experience, now because we have that experience, it helps us in our decision making, in our business ordeals, in our relationships with people. He guides us into all truth for every area as long as we yield, as long as we connect to his identity first, and then uh, we love ourselves uh, uh, as, as God would love us. And Holy Spirit helps us with that. And then he guides us to make sure, um, uh, you know, because I've heard some teaching and it's like, eh, you know, something just ain't right about that. And Holy Spirit guides us, you know, into, into truth. And so the word of God, again, he does not contradict the teaching, contradict scripture. It is not from the spirit of God. But then again, uh, I, and I keep emphasizing these points over and over because this is how the Holy Spirit guides us. So now when we behold truth, we examine it. So I want to encourage some people to examine, study truth, 
Examine, study truth of the word of God. And then once you study it, execute it. And then as you execute it, as you walk it out, as you live it, then you will experience the results of truth. This is why it is important when it's all said and done, because there is so much deception going on. You and I have to be truth bearers. And then the results of truth have to be evident and fruitful in our lives. Because when people taste the bitterness of deception, they're going to need to know, they're going to need to know and want to know what is truth? Oh, who was it? Was it Pilate that said that to Jesus when Jesus was on trial? And Pilate said, what is truth? Meaning he didn't even know, but he was talking to the truth. Well, he realized, he's like, look, I don't find anything wrong with this man. <laughs> but I need to I say all that to say this, man, there are people, uh, even if they don't want the truth, man, we still have to bear up and stand up and stand for the truth. Some people might feel like what I said about the transgender pastor is controversial. And oh, that is not, and, and some people are even debate it in scripture. I let them have that. I'm like, hey, you know what? Then clearly you have a reprobate heart if you don't see what scripture has already said. I'm not debating. I'm not even down in person. Hey, I still love you. That ain't even an issue. I'm, I, I'm, I'm telling the truth in love. Why? Because I've experienced truth confronting me about my own identity, saying, hey, this is who you are, this is who you're not. Get with it, son. <laughs> this is who you are, this is who you're not. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. I think I'll get with this because this is where it's at. Yeah, 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 that's old school hip-hop. But the truth of that statement is true. I'm getting with, woo, I'm getting with this. Ha! I didn't even think about that. that is, thank you, Lord. This, total harmony in the spirit. I'm going to get with this because this is where it's at. I'm going to get with the truth of the Holy Spirit because this is where it's at. So again, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Be strengthened in truth. Go forth in truth. Stand on truth. Execute it. Examine him. Execute. Behold him. Experience him. Oh, it's experiential. <laughs> and don't compromise from it. Don't compromise. Say, Lord, I want to experience more of your truth. I want to experience more of your truth. As a matter of fact, uh, this is our, 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 our united uh, in the spirit declaration of independence. We hold this truth to be evident. <laughs> we hold this truth to be evident. God, that, that I'm created equal in you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just so feeling this right now. Oh, spirit of truth, guide us in all truth. And I'm telling you, there's going to be protection even as more false prophets arise. There's still true prophets. There's remnants of true prophets uh, that are not compromising. And guess what? Even if there's a ton of false prophets, you are not without excuse as long as you examine and execute and experience because the spirit of truth belongs to you. He is on the inside of you and he will guide you as long as you don't turn your attention to the left or to the right. <laughs>